welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground, a place and a time to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. This is where repentance will start. This is where revival will begin in your life. This is the underground. And who am I? Just another voice in eternity calling out, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Welcome to the underground. Isaiah chapter 61. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to those who mourn to tell that the time of the Lord's favor has come. When I was reading this verse, the spirit has spoke to me and talked and asked me, why do people really want the spirit of the Lord to be up on them? Is it for show? Is it for activity? Is it to say that the spirit of God is on me? Like, what are we really going to do if the spirit of the Lord is upon us are we gonna do what it is a uh, hold on just a moment uh jeline can you see about there's three people in the waiting room but it, it can't i can't accept them so can you take care of that there's three people in the waiting room but it says i can't accept it for some reason okay thank you very much let me uh let these people in real quick. Just a moment, you guys. But yeah, when you come in, go ahead and greet one another, please. Go ahead and greet one another. Make sure it's on mute when you come in. So, uh, you know, you won't disturb the live. So we're doing it uh, back to back Mondays. The prisons in Texas have been on lockdown. Uh, people keep bringing drugs in there for some reason. I don't know. Uh, so that's what's going on right now. So the prisons are on lockdown. Nobody can come in. No visitors can happen right now. So I decided just to keep things busy and say, hey, well, let me do the underground today. Go ahead and chop it up. And uh so y'all go be in this. Oh, yep. So that's what we're doing today. Yes, go ahead and speak, you know. Told people about coming in here like they walking into the club, not even speaking. People be, I told y'all, people be walking in the church, not speaking. I, Me and my wife purposely sit at the back well, and I purposely speak to everybody and it's it's so crazy how people can just walk past you in church it's like what where are we at right now so hey just start speaking to people and i and watch sometimes their reaction is crazy it's like what 
They're like, oh, hey. Like, yeah, hey, brother, sister in Christ. <laughs> you know, so we got to at least start speaking. These are little things for the kingdom. Little things to get the kingdom going is just saying, hey, how y'all doing? You know, stuff like that. But I was talking about, uh, now that everybody in here, I was saying Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now, the question the Holy Spirit wants to ask us today is, okay, if the spirit of God is upon us, or if he comes upon us, what are we doing with it, though? It has to be doing something if the spirit of if the uh, the spirit of God is upon you, you must be doing something for the kingdom. It must be active. God is not finna just rest his spirit on people just so they can say it's up on me. If the spirit is upon you, you should be bringing good news to the poor. When we talk about poor, we are not just talking about uh, money wise. We are talking about people who poor in the spirit, poor in knowledge, poor in the information about the kingdom of God. He's saying you should be bringing good news. You should be bringing the gospel to people. If the spirit of God is upon you, it's going to move you to bring the good news to people. That's what the spirit does. And then he says, it has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. The spirit of God is going to move you to comfort people who's broken. That's what the spirit of God does when it's, when it's up on you, when it's moving through you. The spirit of God is just not up on us to be on the stage to sing a song, to preach at churches. The spirit of God is on us to move throughout life every single day to bring the gospel. Ask yourself this, believers. And again, uh, we have one, two, three. We have a couple of people here live, but I always understand uh, if it don't apply, let it fly. I'm speaking to more than people in, in this uh, live session right now. Speaking to people all over the world. So when I say ask yourself, believer, I'm talking to somebody God wants to talk to right now. Who knows who God is talking to right now? But so I'm talking to a believer who's probably been saved for a while now. I want to ask you, when the last time have you shared the gospel with somebody? Because when the spirit is upon you, that's what it allows you to do. That's what it moves you to do. To share the gospel. To share your testimony. You know. The spirit of God is going to move you to. Progress the kingdom of God. Not progress your own vision, your own purpose. The spirit is not going to God is not going to put his spirit on you so you can uh, 
use his spirits to accomplish your goals. That's not, that's backwards. He puts his spirit on you and he rests up on you so you can accomplish his will. Now, that is why we have conflict because, you know, God is not going to put his spirit on people who's not trying to accomplish his will and his purpose. So before you do ask God to, hey, can you uh, pour your spirit out on me? Find out what his purpose is. And it's okay not to agree with God's purpose right now. To my new believers, it takes time in your walk to agree with the purposes in the uh, plans of God. It, it takes a lot. It takes a while. See what I'm saying? And we got to start being comfortable enough with our relationship with God and comfortable enough in our own walk to sit because guess what? I don't agree with the purpose and plan God has for my life right now. See, God has put in us a spirit not to fear. And sometimes we are in fear just to saying, I don't agree with what God is saying. That's honesty. Don't be afraid because he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. That mind is, is okay to understand that, hey, I don't understand what God is saying to me right now. I don't like this purpose he has for my life. We are afraid because we, we live in a culture that images everything, right? Images everything. And the, the, the exact image that you have built up is the exact image that's keeping you from God. Your image. Your image. Your image is the exact thing that's keeping you from God. What is your image? We have all been raised in this society, right? And let's be honest. Man. It's, it's very tough to change a certain mindset just out of nowhere. That takes time. That has taken some of us is 20, some of us is 30s. And when we get into our 40s and 50s, you know, it took us time to build the image that we had in our minds that we wanted to build. We have a certain image that we want our family to see us in. We have a certain image that we want our colleagues to see us in. We, we have a certain image that we want our peers, our sisters, our brothers, our friends. We have a certain image we want our boyfriends and girlfriends and wives and husbands to see us in. We, we have a certain image we want our pastors and our, uh, you know, our, uh, people at church to see us in. We have a certain image, right? And in all of this that we have this image, ask yourself, did I even ask God what he think about it? Like, and, if, and again, be honest with it. Because nine times out of ten, we don't even ask God, hey, what you think about this? 
yeah, I want my family to see me in this type of way, God. But what you think? You know what we ask God? We ask him to bless the image that we're trying to uh, build. We pray about it to him. We say, hey, bless this God without even asking him, hey, how do you feel about this? Right? But when you're in a covenant relationship, say like your husband and your wife and covenant relationships in our generations are boyfriends and girlfriends, to be honest with you, which is a disgrace. Which is sad. Covenant relationships in our society has become boyfriends and girlfriends. Or somebody you have sex with. We have made that a covenant relationship. But I say all that to say, let the Holy Spirit deal with people who who's in covenant relationships because you uh, have had sex with somebody. Or you living with somebody. These have become covenant relationships. And so when we when we live in these covenant relationships, we take that same mindset and we think that is how we supposed to run and uh, walk according to God based on our covenant relationships on earth. Back to the image. Back to the image. So we build up these images. And when you meet God, do you understand what has to happen? He has to tear down that image. Why? Because it's not a part of his plan. It wasn't a part of his purpose. You're not struggling, believer. You're not struggling. No, 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 no. You're not struggling. You're struggling with your image being torn down. That's what you're struggling with right now. You're struggling with your mindset being torn down by God. In Hosea chapter 8, right? Hosea chapter 8, and I'm going to start at verse 1. It says, sound the alarm. That's what I'm doing right now, by the way. Sounding the alarm. Why? Because we are in trouble. The world wants to tell us peace. How can it be peace? And we don't even have messages of repentance in our churches. A clear message of repentance, a clear message of what the gospel is. We don't even have these clear messages in our sanctuaries. So tell me, where's the peace at? How can that be peace? If we can't even be at peace with God. See, the only way that we can be at peace with God is if we present a message of repentance and people start to repent. That is God's standard. I didn't make up this standard. God made it up. If we understand the word and we really study the word of God, this has been his standard since the beginning all the way to the ninth ending. 
since the beginning of the game all the way to the fourth quarter of the game. This has been his standard. But us humans, because we have gotten so smart these days, right, decided to change up his standards. But check this out. Harvard, Princeton, Yale, all these Ivy League schools, the world would applaud you and celebrate you for accepting their standards. You get into their schools based on the standards, everybody will begin to look at you and say, oh, my God, you are smart. Oh, my God, you is this. Oh, my God, you have a brilliant brain. Why? Because you have lived up to the standards, what it takes to get into these Ivy League schools. Right? Or you get a certain job. You get a certain degree. Everybody applauds you for living up to, they, to them standards, which is cool. We applaud you for it. But when it comes to God's standards, I want you to know, some believer, you're going to be persecuted in the upcoming days, in the upcoming future. Believer, listen to me and listen to me good. When you begin to accept and live up to God's standards, you're going to be persecuted for it. The world is not going to applaud you for living up to God's standards. But if you live up to their standards, if you become a billionaire, if you become a millionaire, if you own your own business, if you own your own house, if you own your own land, they will applaud you because you're living up to the standard that this world has created for you. But the moment you begin to live to God's standards, you crazy. You being too religious, you being too serious. What is this? You know what this is? This is a mindset that is against God. And we're living in it. This is a mindset that is going to get a whole bunch of people in eternity called hell, which is still real. Just so every so everybody can understand it, that's still a real place, whether you believe it or not. I was looking at the news. Just as before I got on, as soon as I came home, I was looking at the news and they was talking about some people, they seen an alien, which is cool. Whatever. I don't I don't care. See him or not. Great. But my thing is we can believe in aliens, which is cool or not. I Hey, whatever. If I see him, I ain't trying to holler at him. Go on about your business. I ain't trying to talk to you. I don't even want to see you. Stay away from me. For real. You're not even supposed to. Don't be by me. So. If you real, let me talk to the aliens real quick, because, hey, this message goes, it's going all, all over the world into eternity. Hey, stay away from me. I don't got no beef with you. I don't even want to know you. I don't want to talk to you. Unless God sends you my way to tell me something, don't come uh, in my backyard. I don't know. I don't need to view nothing. But anyways, back to what I'm saying. We believe in aliens. Right. But people don't believe in hell. That's. <laughs> What? God don't say anything about aliens in his word, but we believe in it, which is cool. That's neither here or there. But when we talk about hell, we have to, well, I don't believe God. What you, he said it. But we believe in Bigfoot. We believe in all these other things that God hasn't said anything about. But as soon as we talk about hell, or as soon as we talk about repentance, or we talk about you can't do this, the standards of God, people start to say, well, I don't think God is like that. What? What is wrong with the minds of us people? Let me tell you what it is. We have gotten too smart.
you have gotten too educated. You forgot that in order to be into the kingdom of God, he says, hey, you need to come like a child. You need to come like a child. Humble yourself, smart person. Humble yourself. The arrogance of us. The arrogance of us. And when I say us, I'm talking about the spirit of this age. If it don't apply, let it fly. The spirit of this age to think that we can get up, walk without God. Some people think they're in perfect health because they know how to die. Because they know how to die. Or they know how to work out. That's the arrogance. That's what I'm saying. Where we are at, right? We are so far away from the reverence of who God is that we really think most of this stuff that we got going on, we holding it together. Or because we strong like that. When you encounter God, you encounter how much. This is a scary word to say in our generation. You discover how weak you are. How fragile you are. And we like to stay away. We, we stay away from words like that. Fragile, weak, inconsistent, no control, sinner. We want to stay away from words like that. Because we feel like that's going to lower our self-esteem. Newsflash, your self-esteem is already low. Newsflash, I don't even have to say those words to you, and I guarantee your self-esteem is already low. Why you say that? Because we sinners in a fallen world. We are falling. Everything is falling in this world, including your self-esteem. No matter what you do, it's going to continue to fall. Do you understand what I'm saying? No matter how much surgery you get, your self-esteem is still going to fall. No matter how much weight that you lose, your self-esteem is still going to fall. No matter how much money you get, your self-esteem is still falling. Why? Because we're in a falling society. God didn't send his son to save your self-esteem. He sent his son to save your soul. I'm sick of this culture trying to save our self-esteem and ignore that we need saving of our souls. I'm letting the Holy Spirit speak to the hearts of people right now. Hey, <laughs> I was, uh, hey, welcome to the underground. Go ahead and put that on mute for me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But I really appreciate you coming to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? Hey, I'm just a voice of one calling out saying repent. 
Yeah, I know the kingdom of heaven is still at hand. In order for you, I was watching, I remember back in the day, I seen, uh, it was this movie, uh, I forgot, Juice. I think that was a movie. Yeah, was it Juice? Yeah, 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 yeah. And at the end of it, uh, he was holding on. Bishop, it was a character named Bishop, and he was holding on to him. He was finna fall. And he was like, don't let me fall. Don't let me fall. And he let him go. And then as he was walking away, somebody looked at him and said, hey, you got the juice now. Here's I'm talking to somebody right now. You're holding on to your old man, which is Bishop. And in order for you to get juice, in order to walk in the spirit of God, you need to let Bishop go. You need to let you steady holding on the bishop. And we seen how Bishop was, and he was a terrible mess. You're steady holding on to your old man, which is what? A terrible mess. Let him go. Why? Because then you can have the juice now to what? Walk out this walk. Walk out the purpose of God in your life. So tonight, before you go to bed, you need to just be like, Bishop, and let it go. You feel what I'm saying? Bishop! And I promise you, once you begin to let Bishop go, you'll start to see, man, I got more juice. <laughs> hey, I got more juice to pray. I got more juice to share the gospel. You know what I'm saying? I got more juice to praise God. I got more juice to be thankful. Yes. Let go. Let it go. Let it fall. What are you holding on to? There. In order for you to get out of the bondages that you're in in certain relationships, talking to somebody right now, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You're in a bondage right now, right? And the you that you are now don't have the strength. You don't have the mindset. You don't have the, the will to stay away from this, even though you know it's not good for you. Tell somebody and say, I know this ain't good for me. Right? But until you crucify that old man, you're not going to understand what it is and how it is to be new in the spirit. That person, that situation that you're in, only loves the bishop. Oh, my God. Ooh. The person that you're with right now is only in love with bishop. They in love with the, I don't know if you know this part, he say, I know, and I am crazy. They in love with the crazy you. But I want to ask you a question. Have they ever seen the peace for you? Have they ever seen the calm you? Have they ever seen the holy you? See, a lot of y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of people in your life that once you begin to walk in newness and begin to walk in your purpose and authority of God and begin to lay down your life for Christ, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I don't really like them. They not. But you're scared of that, though. You scared of that? 
You scared for people not to like you. You scared of people not to call you. You scared for your phone to be dry. And I'm here to tell you it's okay. I need you to admit that to God tonight. I need you to tell God, God, I'm scared to be alone. I'm scared to see what it looks like to be alone. Guess what? Because we have a high priest who understands that. Do you understand he was alone on the cross? This is when the walk becomes personal with you. He understands what it's like to be alone. To seem like everybody has abandoned him. He gets you. You're trying to connect with humans in the flesh and trying to walk out a spiritual walk. How is that working for you, believer? It's, it's frustrating. I know it is. Been there, done that. You get nothing from it. Let me go back to Hosea 8. I was talking about sound of alarm. The enemy, uh, Hosea 8, chapter one, uh, verses 1, excuse me. The enemy descends like an eagle on the people of the Lord. The enemy descends like an eagle on the people of the Lord. Watch the animal channel. See how the, uh, the eagle just flies. And when he see praise, how he just swoop down and grabs them with their feet. He said, that's what the enemy doing right now. Descending. What you mean descending? Oh, if we talk about John, it say he's the prince of the air. Love mm. when the Holy Spirit give me them verses. For they have broken my covenant. Who? The people of God. They have broken my covenant, but they have a covenant with humans. <laughs> That's not even a husband or their wife, though, too. Let's be real with it. Some of you have a, a better covenant with your boo than you have with God. Ask yourself why. Believer. Again, just bringing it to your doorstep. Amazon. That's who I'm going to be today. I'm Amazon. You don't even got to wait till tomorrow. You get that same day shifting. Shipping. You feel what I'm saying? Ding dong, here I am. I'm going to just leave it at your uh, door. And I got pictures. So you, can, you can't say, oh, I ain't never heard that. I got pictures. I didn't drop it off at your door. Why do you have a better covenant with your friends? Why do you have a better covenant with your boo? Why do you have a better covenant with your kids? Why do you have a better covenant with your pastor than you have with God? Why do you have a better covenant with your money than you have with God? Some of y'all scared to break a covenant with your boyfriend. You scared. You can't even go nowhere. You can't even. Some of you uh, dudes, you got a better covenant with uh, your girlfriend. Just, just nervous. The word of God says, hey, hide the word in your heart so you may not sin against me. That's a covenant, right? Some of y'all got a better covenant with your girlfriend. You'll hide your phone. 
That's how your covenant is with her. That's how much you respect your covenant with your girlfriend. You hide your phone. But God say, hey, hide your word inside your heart so you can have a better covenant with me. I want us to see where we're at. When we begin to see where we are at, then that's when we can make change. But why can't we see where we at, God? He says, because your image is too important. Your image is blocking you to seeing where you're at. You're saving your image. Your image means everything to you right now. You can't let people see you not living a certain way. Some of us are scared to let people know when they say, so what you been up to? Nothing. <laughs> Some of us are scared. We got to wake up. We like, well, I've been, I'm in school. Everybody always in school when I ask them what they've been up to. Everybody going back to school. <laughs> every, I swear, every time I ask somebody what they up to, everybody going back. I'm like, well, that's why we in debt. That's why you got, you know, tuition. Listen, every, how... What I'm trying to get you to understand, start to practice. Practice. You got to practice on not caring about your image. So that may mean for somebody right now I'm talking to you. Oh, thank you, God. See, this is simple things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm talking to somebody right now. God is dealing with your image and how he's going to deal with it. He's saying, uh, take that car back. <laughs> uh, take the car back. And go ahead and get you a Nissan. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and take that. Get you a, a Honda Electra. You, yeah, get you a Toyota Camry. Take that car back. But your image means too much. So you battling right now. Right? Because you want to be in a certain image with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Some of y'all may have to live on the southwest side. You can't live in Katy right now. It's okay. It's okay. Some of you might have to go to HCC. You may can't go to U of H right now. Okay. It, it's it's okay. To my to my people in ministry. Hey, you may have to uh, minister out of out of a, a small cafeteria at the school. Are you okay with that? Are you breaking your neck? Are you you overpricing yourself because you're trying to get into a building? Our image. Our image. It, it means so much to us. And I don't I didn't know I was gonna go here, but this is I know this is for somebody, and I know God wants to speak to you. Your image is costing you the kingdom. Oof. Mm. Your image is costing you the keys to the kingdom. Let me go. Okay. I'm still in uh, Hosea chapter 8, y'all. For they have broken my covenant and revolted against my Lord. Now, Israel, please with me. Help us, for you are our God. But it it but it but is too late. In verse 3, y'all hear what he said? He said, but it is too late. I don't want us never... Everybody at the sound, under the sound of my voice, I don't want us to never be into this situation, but it is too late. Imagine it being too late. 
So when we talk about it's being too late, now let's talk about the arrogance of the minds. We get into a, a mindset that we got time. That we got time to get it right. That next month, I'm going to get right. I'm going I'm to I'm do it next month. That's arrogance. And that I'm, I want you to really understand the arrogance. We have to be able to discern the arrogance of us. Why? Because he says in his words, I resist that. I give grace to the humble, but I resist arrogance. That's how it becomes too late. We don't think we'll never be too late. But if we honest with ourselves, a lot of us are showing up late in our lives. What do I mean by that? At your age right now, you expect it to be somewhere else, right? But you're late. You expect it to be in a certain, uh, I don't know, a certain, you had a certain way in your life, right? You had a certain, this is where I want to be when I'm this age and blah, 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 blah. But you're late, ain't you? I know you are. You know why? Because the arrogance of us. In the arrogance of us, we can't see it because our image. See, if we was to humble ourselves, God would begin to tell us what we really late about. What we really need to get to. What is really important. And guess what? He'll do it swiftly, too. Oh, my God. Oh, Woo! Praise God. I'm getting to pray. Sorry, y'all. When I tell y'all he'll do it so quickly, too. Quick. Read the Gospels. When he was blessing people, it, it look how many times it said immediately. 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 And you don't think it can be immediately? Why? Because you got your hands on it. Of course it's going to be late when you got your hands on it. But your hands is on it? Why? Tell us why, God. Because my image. My hands is on everything because, hey, I got an image I need to maintain. That's why my hands on it. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm scared to let God take control because I don't think he go align with the image I have for myself. How I know that? Because, I, I, hey, I'm a believer. I really know the word. So I know image don't mean nothing to God. So there's some seasons in my life and there are certain situations. There are certain activity in my life that I tell God, I got it. And the more believer, listen to me, believer, the more you tell God you got it, the more you're going to show up in life late. And we all knows what happens when you continue to be late. They let you go. Oof. Oof. So the people of Israel have rejected what is good. Don't we see that in America? We understand that people are rejecting what is good. It's nothing new. 
and now their enemies would chase after them. When you begin to reject what is good and what is good, Jesus told us only God is good. <laughs> right? So we're rejecting God. And when that happens, your enemies will begin to chase after you. Everyone is in fear these days. They ain't feel like something is chasing after them. Stop rejecting what's good. Hey, your best medicine for anxiety. I'm going to say it here and I'm going to say it very boldly. Your best medicine for anxiety or for your mental health right now is accepting what is good. Is accepting what thus says the Lord says. We still think we got options out here, man. And we and, and as believers, I ain't gonna lie, the devil trying to put us in fear because we don't want to offend nobody. And we giving people too many options to understand, well, well, yeah, you can get it that way. Or, yeah, you can. Man, look here. The options are running out, man. And it's going to be too late. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that they have lied to us. But all these options, that they, it's a broad is the way to of the destruction. But narrow is the way of life. Now, all I'm doing is speaking the words of Christ, your, your Savior, the person you say you believe in. He say broad is the way to destruction. So if the world is offering all these different ways to get better and get healthy and get your mind right, man, that's destruction. Why did he say that? He tells narrow is the way to life. But guess what? We have been trained to think narrow is bored. It's boring. We have been trained to think being narrow is you need to have an open mind. I don't need to open my mind to nothing. I already know what that looks like. Can we just start telling people when they tell us to have an open mind that, hey, let me give you a testimony. When I had an open mind, I was the prodigal son. I was in the in the pig style when I was when I had an open mind. I don't need to know what the, I, I don't need to go around the wilderness more than uh 40 years. I, I need to go. I'm cool with my five. I went around the wilderness a couple of times. I'm cool now. I'm a holler at you. You can come, you can go around the wilderness and come back and tell me how it is, but I already know what it is. It's destruction. You running, you just running your whole life, running, 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 and never getting anywhere. People are running and we're not getting anywhere. 
So he says, hey, your enemies will chase after them, right? Okay, and then it says, the people, I'm in verse four, the people have appointed kings without my consent. Mm. He say people, they just electing uh, people without my consent just because they are uh, Democrats or Republicans or because they black. <laughs> he said they just electing people because they got swag <laughs> or they they look a certain way. He said they that's why they elect them or they 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 did a picture with their favorite singer. So they just elect them. They appoint people who who don't need to be appointed. Why? Because they understand me. Without my consent. Again, now let's go right back to what we were talking about earlier. He says, you have done things without my consent. You have built an image for your life without my consent. Ask yourself, believer, honest question, and then you wait and you see what the Holy Spirit tells you. What have you done? What decisions have you made without God's consent? And I can give you a, a clue. You don't have no peace. See, when you make. When you make decisions with God consent, you start to experience what is called to have peace that passes all understanding. Do you know what that feels like? Are you going to waste your life without seeing what peace that passes all understanding feels like? Do you even know what that feels like? I want you to experience that tonight. I say tonight because I have a God who when he was down here on earth, he was doing miracles immediately. So tonight, somebody is finna experience immediately under the sound of my voice and authority that Christ has given to me, you're about to experience what it's like to have the peace that passes all understanding. Receive it. This is what we should be chasing after. I don't mind the enemies chasing after me if I'm chasing after peace that passes all understanding. I understand why you're chasing me then. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're supposed to chase me because you don't want me to get that. We 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 got huh, pastors and bishops and preachers talking about people hating on us because we got the job or we got a position or we got uh some money. Man, please. That ain't what kingdom people supposed to be about. We ain't, no, we don't get people hating on us, but I don't care if they hate on that. You can have that. But I understand why you hate on me because I got peace that passes all understanding. I understand why you hate on me because I know where my uh, soul is going in eternity. I understand that. Our souls. And then he says in verse four, the people have appointed kings without my consent and princes without my approval. Uh, young lady. <laughs> hey, sis, I'm going to talk to my sisters in Christ. 
<laughs> this may sting a little bit, but go ahead. Buckle up. Hey, buckle up. Maybe. Hey, buckle up. It might be a couple of turbulence. Get everybody to their seats. Might be a little turbulence coming up. <laughs> hey, sis. Got a question to ask you. That prince in your life. Did God approve of it? That 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 fine man that you have in your life. Right? That man that when you see him, you look at your friends and say, girl, he can get it. That man. I'm talking about that man. Did God approve of it? Did you consent with God? That man that you say, hey, the key is up under the mat. I'm going to leave it up under the mat for you. <laughs> hey, I told you I may not be talking to somebody. Or I'm talking to somebody. Because guess what? Everybody plays the food sometime. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody. Did you ask God for approval? These are things. See, this is what it means to lay down your life. We don't have to praise God, and I hope we don't have to experience this, y'all. We're not laying down our lives like on the cross. We don't have to deal with that. And I'm thankful because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think I would have been about that life. As soon as they would have put a nail in my, I would have been like, all right, all right I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in him like that. I'm going to be real with you. I don't know. I ain't going to be arrogant to be like, man, I love it, man. I don't know. Soon as they would have put, because they, they got stories out there that people's burned a boy and, and hot oil and stuff. I'm like, man, ooh, we. I'm not trying to deal with none of that. But laying down our life is we have to lay down our wills. You know, we got to ask God. We got we got to say, hey, not my will, God. That's what laying down our life's about. We got to ask for his approval. We don't ignore what he said, what he thinks about it. So I just want to ask my sisters in Christ, have that little prince that you got in your life right now. Does he meet God's approval? I ain't going to mess with you no more. I ain't going to mess with y'all no more. I'm going to let y'all have it. Just, just ask yourself that. Okay? Hey, it says, by making idols for themselves... From their silver and gold. So we make idols ooh, for ourselves with silver and gold. So we're going to say that's our money. What is the idols we make? We start to make idols with our cars, with our clothes, with our image, with our houses. This is how we make idols for ourselves with our money. And look what God says. They have brought about their own destruction. This is what happens. And so he says, oh, Samara, I reject this cap. I'm going to say, oh, America. Oh, America, I reject this cap. God said, I reject what you have built. 
without my consent. Yeah, I reject that building plan. This idol you have made. This is where you got to be honest with yourself and ask God, hey, did I make this idol, this lifestyle that I have, this lifestyle that I have, the way that I live, the places I live, the people I be around, the places, have I built this for myself, God? And he would, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. He says, this idol you have made, my fury, my fury burns against it. Basically, he said, my anger, I'm, I'm in anger against that. How long would you be incapable of innocence? The calf you worship, oh, America, was crafted by your own hands. Because we have been, listen, y'all, because of the idolatry that we have been born in, the idolatry, we was born in idolatry. We was born worshiping the calf. That is why it takes a daily picking up the cross so you can begin to worship the true God. See, some of us, we're still, we, we're worshiping God, but we still got a little calf. Do you understand what will happen in your life when you begin to worship God without any calves? What will happen? You'll say yes to the cross. How you know that? Because Jesus showed us that's what a life looks like when you're worshiping God in the whole fullness of who he is. You begin to say yes to his image without no hesitation. And he says this in verse six, Hosea chapter eight and verse six, it says this calf you worship, O America, was crafted by your own hands. Why was it crafted by your own hands? Because again, we never consent with him. We never ask for his approval. And he did, he becomes very clear to us. He said, it is not God. So I know this world has taught us to, you know, put God on everything. Just say, oh, God bless me. God, But God is saying, that ain't me. That is not me. A lot of people, a lot of these blessings that people putting on everything. Hey, God is saying that ain't me. That was built by your own hands. That's your calf. You blessed it. Oh, because you got, you blessed your own calf. Now, let me tell you why believers when they begin to walk with God, why it begins to be so hard for them. And this is just in this last verse right here. When he says, it is not God, therefore it must be smashed to bits. 
And this is where believers begin in a warfare. They begin to uh, not understand what's going on. Because that image you have, God is saying, hey, I got to smash it. Yeah, I got to smash that. Yeah, I got to tear that down. I got to demolish that. And how does he do it? He does it through preaching. He does it through through things like you you weren't able to get your hair fixed for the last month, huh? <laughs> huh? You, you know, he, he does little things to smash that image. Just little things, you know what I mean? You you got a you got a nice car, but it, it got donuts on it. <laughs> and you and you struggling to get that tire fixed. What is he doing? He's smashing things. Mm-hmm. That's what God do. He now 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 your money is all tied up and it's is is little by little and you barely can get ahead and you you let me like what's going on? He's smashing things. He's smashing that image of yours that was so important to you. Why does he have to do that? Because in order to be a soldier of God, if that's what you want to be, in order to be a disciple of God, and I'm here to ask you. And you got to be real with yourself. Do you really want to be a disciple? See, we got to start asking people before we, you know, just bring it. Hey, do you really want to be a Do you know what that means? A disciple, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live my life disciplined for Christ. I'm not a disciple. Because I'm trying to get him to fulfill my plans. I'm not a disciple because I want him to answer my prayers. My brother is on here. He's uh, in the Navy. You think he can go to the Navy and say, hey, I, hey, I joined y'all, but I, I, I got a plan now. I, I'll tell y'all what we need to do. What? It don't work like that. He signed up for the Navy. He signed up to follow the rules of something that's been established way before he got there. So I'm asking you, believer, what makes you so important that you don't have to follow the disciple description that was established before the foundation of the world? We have to really start asking people, hey, do you want to be a disciple? I'm not here to ask you, do you want to be blessed? I, I I don't, I don't, look, that's up to God. You know, whatever you feel like, I don't, I don't know how to even, it just got so distorted these days. So what we got to just start asking, do you want to be a disciple? Let me look this up real quick. And I'm going to uh, end it off on there. But yeah, some of y'all, uh, y'all just, some of y'all feel like you're going through a lot of stuff, but you're not. I want to let you know you're not. You just, your image is being smashed. And uh, I'm telling you, it's going to get rebuilt. And when it begins to uh, be rebuilt, you are going to love it. How can I say that? I'm, t I'm a walking testimony, man. In my 20s, man, God's, ooh, wee. <laughs> 
He smashed it, y'all. He smashed my image. And I mean, it was in front of everybody, too. For real, it was in front of everybody. So look, about being a disciple, and I'm, uh, I'm going to end off with these verses because I want to uh, put this in the atmosphere for you uh, wonderful people of God who he's calling, you know? And I want you to understand what is what does he mean of being a disciple? What what is this life is going to uh, be about? Because some, you know, look, disciples, I, you know, y'all, we want to take vacations every day and look. We got we got a kingdom we gotta build. We at war. <laughs> we at war. Hey, John 8, 31 and verse 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said to y'all, let's just say he said to y'all. Jesus said to the people who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What is it? What does it mean to be a disciple? He said, You begin to abide in my word. You begin to know my word. You begin to live out my word. You begin to speak my word. You begin to manifest my word in your life. My word becomes your food. That's how you know my, my word becomes more important than anything in this life. Ooh, you see what I'm saying? It becomes more important than your goals. It becomes more important than your title. It becomes more important than your image. My word. See, my word, that's what gives you consent. My word is what gives you approval. We taking this thing all the way around now. My word begins to let you know what is good. My word begins to form a covenant with you. My word keeps the enemy from descending on you. My word will sound the alarm in your life every time you begin to get out of line. My word. That's how you know you, my disciples. You live, you eat, you breathe, and you move based on my word of God. That's it. Hey, in first John two, chapter two and verse three and six, he said, and by this and by this, we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says I know him, but does not keep his commandments, he said is a liar and the truth is not in him or her. You see what I'm saying? He God is just making this thing so clear. We don't even gotta look, we don't even gotta be deep for this. We don't even gotta be smart. We don't even gotta go to no uh Bible school or Bible college. He making this thing so clear for us. Thank you, God, for making it clear. Tell somebody and say, Thank you, God, for making it just easy. He said, But whoever keeps his word, there he go, talking about his word again. Talking about his word again. And we got people out here who say they believe in God, but talking about, well, I don't believe in the word because that was written by somebody. Man, if you don't get your lying self on, devil, you a devil. That's a devil. What do you mean you don't believe in his word? You don't, you think it was written by man or, ah, man, that, that's been contaminated. 
if you don't get what you heard off Instagram and go on about your business, it says in the truth is not in him. So we already know. Hey, young lady, young lady, if you uh, with somebody right now, sleeping with somebody right now, kissing somebody right now, booed up with somebody right now, ask him, hey, you believe in the word? And if he tells you no, I don't want you to. And if you stay with him, don't you come crying when you find out he wasn't honest and true with you. Because it's telling you right now the truth is not in him. If he say, well, I don't believe in all that word. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you stay with that person, please don't come crying the river, Justin Timberlake. If you stay with him and you find out, oh, he wasn't honest. He wasn't true. He wasn't real. He wasn't <laughs> Anyways, we already telling you ain't no truth in him. But your image means too much for you, right? Or you think you can uh, put truth in him. Based on, because you're such a good woman, right? That's a lie. If that man that you with, young man, if that woman that you with tells you they don't believe in the word of God, don't have any expectations for them to be true to you. Why? Let me read this again. I, uh, I know him, but does not keep his commandments. Whoever says I know him, but not keep his commandment is a liar. And the truth is not in him. You're not. We think we can make somebody true. Based on how good we treat them. Based on how loyal we are to them. And I say that so with the two with the two heads up. You know how you do the two quotation marks, whatever? I'm loyal. That don't mean they're going to be true. They don't believe in the word of God. Where's the truth at? In them. But again, the arrogance of people. That's what I'm talking about. We'll become so arrogant that we believe, oh, I can make them, I can make them be true then. That's a lie. I'ma treat them so good and I'm gonna be loyal, they gonna be true. Lie. Why? How do I say that's a lie? Because the authority of the word is telling me that. But we don't believe the word like that. We believe on what we can do. We believe in our own uh works. We believe our works, which he says is filthy rags. We believe our works can make somebody true. Make somebody loyal. Make somebody commit. What am I, what's going on right now? I'm smashing that idol you had in your mind. Just with the word of God. See, the word of God is a hammer. The word of God is a big demolish ball. And right now it's coming to your mind and it's booming it all up. I want to stay on this for a couple of minutes. It says, ooh, thank you, God. Whoever says, I know him. He says, whoever is saying, I know God, but does not keep his commandments. He's saying, when you look at their life, and their life is not aligned with my word. He said, they are a liar, and the truth is not in him. It's not in him. I'm really, oh, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm freeing somebody right now. I'm freeing somebody. You've been stuck. I'm freeing somebody. You trying to understand what's going on. You trying to understand why, why, why. The truth is not in them. 
Oh, let that hey, it, it, it may sting. Yeah, it may sting, but I'm just like hey, I'm 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 sitting here for God to let you know the truth is not in her, bro. Ooh. 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 Yes, free him, free him, God. Free him. The truth is not in her. Yeah. No matter what how many scriptures you send him. <laughs> no matter how much you pray for him, no matter how much how many sermons you send him. How many, I, I don't care how many times you invite them to church. Hey, 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 young lady, the truth is not in them. I'm sorry. I know you had an image. And that image looked good on your Instagram with that person next to you. Hey, young man, I know you had an image and it looks good showing up with her. I know, I get it. But I'm here to tell you the truth is not in you. It's not. And if you want to be set free, if you want to be set free, you will follow this word that God is telling you right now. Why do you say that? Because it says, but whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walk. Hey, I'm encouraging you tonight. I'm encouraging somebody right now. You just finding out that, hey, the truth is not in this person you've been talking to. And it hurts. It's time for you to walk that narrow path. It's time for you to let that bishop spirit go. I get it. Hey, like I told you, everybody plays the fool. Sometimes, hey, we all done played it. We didn't all play the fool sometimes. But it is time for you to walk away from being a fool. And walk to your freedom. Walk to your freedom. Walk to what it feels like to be at the peace that passes all understanding. Walk in the liberty of what it means to be his disciples. I want us to be free to be God disciples before we turn, before we get too old and wrinkled, you know? So anyways, man. I ain't mean to give y'all, I was just trying to give y'all salad boy, but I done gave y'all this whole buffet. <laughs> I ain't gave y'all this whole buffet. But check this out, man. Uh, I appreciate everybody coming out. Uh, I I'm going to be real with y'all. I really got uh, up in here early so I can get all uh, my, my, my G's out there. You know, all my football fans. I'm going to let y'all go ahead and watch that game. I had a couple people tell me, hey, man, I'll be trying to watch. Hey, I got you. You know what I'm saying? I feel, I, I got to, sometimes I, I talk to people who, they they coming along, you feel me? So I try to like just understand where they at, man, and uh give them a little bit of this thing, man. But uh shout out to everybody at that uh Ramsey State Prison Jail. I mean Ramsey Prison Unit and everybody at that Pam Lynch State Jail. Uh B Dorm. Hey, keep your head up, man. Better days are coming home, boys. Love y'all for real. And shout out to the youth, special ops, love y'all. Y'all know we coming. And shout out to everybody, all the believers across the world, man. Everybody who just trying, everybody who 
you fighting. Hey, much love to you. Keep coming. Keep going. Hey, better days are coming. You know, you're going to have to fight. You go have to fight. Yeah, this going to be war against your soul, you know. But I, I hope that as you was able to, you know, as you passing through life, passing through this journey, I pray that everybody who stopped at this gas station called the Underground, you're able to fill it up, get renewed, get you some fresh chips, some Gatorade, and get back on that road. You feel me? And I just pray that you continue to uh keep striving, you know, keep striving, man. I got nothing but love for everybody, man, for real, for real. Because, hey, it's 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 tough, you know. Uh, again, I've been I've been in this thing almost sixteen years. You know, I started God pulled me out when I was young, young. You know, I hey, and was at war with it. You know, didn't understand what he was doing and had a lot of stuff happen to me that I had to face it in front of everybody. You know, a lot of a lot of sin that came out I had to face in front of everybody, and you know, so I get it. I get it, man. I'm just here to encourage y'all to keep moving. Hey, whatever you do, your your main goal is, hey, I'm trying to be a disciple. Period. Period. Ain't nothing coming in between me being a disciple for Christ. Nothing. Nothing. Family, friends, money, nothing. Once you get that mindset, hey, you ready for war. You understand what I'm saying? You ready for war. And that enemy understands too. Like, yo, that's a soul. Yeah. What? What you thought? What you thought? And God, and, hey, and I need you, whoever listening to me, I need you to keep being in this training because, hey, you got to raise up soldiers too. You got to be a general in this thing now. And you got to raise these young soldiers up. You heard? So anyway, love y'all. Keep y'all head up. You know what I'm saying? Who was I? Y'all already know, man. Y'all already know. I'm just the voice of one calling out saying repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Much love. The underground. I'm out. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. Everybody plays the fool. Night, y'all. Hey, Jelly Bean, stop the recording. Is anybody plays the fool?